fatigued, but you're all here. God bless you. The Lord will bless you. Amen. Fatigued out here, excited in here. Because God's going to do something. Amen. Before we start, uh, I do have a quick testimony. I trust Sister Carol won't mind. Uh, Last Tuesday, uh, we prayed for Sister Carol. She has cancer, uh, had cancer. So we prayed for her. The people of God prayed for her. And God miraculously answered. She is completely cancer-free tonight. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. God is so good. He is so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, So tonight, having our faith bolstered in that area, I do want to pray for a couple people. Uh, I want to pray for Kim. Uh, She is recovering from COVID, my understanding, but over it. Uh, But she's still low on iron. So she, uh, she needs whatever's going on there. Needs to be fixed. Amen. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, uh, but that's what we need. She needs iron. Jesus can do that. Amen. Sister Karina, uh, she has a, a a bent tailbone, a broken tailbone, and she's in pain. She may not look like it, but she's, she's in pain, and uh, she's having to go back to work. Uh, so we want to pray for her tonight. Uh, and in fact, um, ladies, if if you would, if, while we're praying, if you gather around her, we'll pray for her. Yes, sir. Okay, let's pray for Sister Brenda as well. Ma'am. Larry. Okay. So would we. Amen. Praise God. Yes, ma'am. Dawn. Okay. All right. Ma'am? Shirley Henson. Okay. Okay, we'll pray for Sister Shirley Henson as well. Amen. Who also needs a healing from cancer. Praise God. That's a lot of needs, folks. But we got a great big God. Amen. He is more than able. And I believe willing to take care of these needs for us. Praise God. There are a lot of needs. Remember as many as you can. Again, uh, ladies, if you would come, uh, if you can, if you would, uh, let's pray for Sister Karina. Um, and we'll remember as many of these as we can. God has heard every one of them. He knows every one of them. Amen.
And we pray for Shirley Henson, and we pray for Larry, and we pray for uh, all of these others, for Kim, for all of these other uh, requests that have been mentioned. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, every one of them need a healing. Every one of them need a miraculous deliverance from sickness and disease and infirmity. We pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would move in each of these situations miraculously, wondrously, gloriously, as you have so often in the past. Show us once again, Lord Jesus, I pray. Demonstrate once more to this world that you still have, that you still intervene in the affairs of men. That you still have power and authority over all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor. We worship you and we praise you for your magnificence and for your omnipotence and for your wondrous glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one higher than you. There is no one greater than you. Thou most high God, we worship you today. Thank you, Jesus, for the manifestation of your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do hear and answer our prayers. That you do meet every need that we have. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are ever and altogether worthy of all worship and all praise. To receive all glory and all honor. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are so thankful that you are our God tonight. That you are our Savior. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this service, that you would move according to our desperate need, according to your perfect will. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are an awesome God, and we're expecting awesome things of you tonight and evermore. Thank you, Jesus, for your so great faithfulness to us, your faithfulness to the Word of God that you have delivered unto us, the covenant promises that we have received of you. You have been with them altogether faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Let your name be glorified in our midst here this evening. These things, all these things we ask in your precious name. The name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are an awesome God. An awesome Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve, church. Praise God. Praise God. I can't help but get excited when I enter into the presence of God. I can't, I can't not expect something. Even when I don't feel the presence of God, I stand on His Word. His promises are yea and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Our scripture text is uh, very familiar to most of us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. We'll be speaking this evening on this topic. Who am I? Who am I? God bless you. Thank you for standing. Thank you for entertaining the presence of God and calling out on His name. You can be seated tonight. There is typically a difference in individuals, human beings, between how we view ourselves and how everyone else sees us. Our self-image versus who we actually are. Oftentimes they differ. Sometimes they differ quite radically. And that scale 
in some ways seems to be based on competency. And research has been done in this area. The more proficient someone is at something, the less likely they are to think of themselves as competent. Which seems paradoxical. But it's true. Not 100%, but that seems to be the rule. Conversely, the less proficient someone is, the more likely they are to believe themselves absolutely awesome at it. <laughs> there is this thing called imposter syndrome. People have spoken with CEOs, high-ranking officials, things of that nature. People who have achieved a good measure of what most people would call success. CEO of a large company, responsible for thousands, tens of thousands of people's jobs, billions of dollars. They've worked a long time. They've went to school. They have decades of experience in the industry. They're very well qualified for that position. But they get there. And in moments of honesty, they'll start looking around and say, what am I doing here? I have no idea how I even got here. And if you ask them, their biggest fear, people that, that suffer from this, their biggest fear is, Someone is going to figure out that I'm a fraud, that I'm a fake, and I don't know what I'm going to do if someone confronts me with that, because they really feel like that. They don't feel competent. They don't feel like, like uh, they should be in the position that they're in, even though their resume, their experience very, very definitely qualifies them. They're very qualified for the job, but they don't feel qualified. They feel like they're faking it. So there's a difference between who they actually are versus who they think they are. And sometimes we let others' opinions shape our idea of who we are. And this can, this can come one of two ways. Obviously, there are people that tear us down unrealistically. You're no good. You're a loser. Things along those, those, those lines. Maybe, could, maybe someone would say in church, uh, I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's something you should try right now. I don't think that that God is really speaking to you like that. Sometimes, people can build us up unrealistically, and I can't help but use this analogy or this example. I don't watch it religiously, but every once in a while I'll pull up someone on YouTube that's America's Got Talent. And uh, I, lo I, I love watching the Susan Boyle one because she just blew everyone away and everyone was expecting her to absolutely bomb. I, I love that. Anyway, uh, they'll, they'll get these people on and they'll do the interview before they actually audition and, and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I, you know, I got these plans and I got these dreams, and and they'll get before the judges and, uh, okay, so why are you here today? Oh, I'm a singer. I'm I want to be a professional singer, and and they're like, well, what? You know, they'll explain some of the things they've done. Oh my, you know, my parents just rave about my singing, and 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 my my high school choir director, she really loves how I sing. 
and they'll start singing, and they're just like, what in the world is this? This is a joke, right? It's like, you know, not that far off. And there were people in this person's life telling them they could sing. I don't know if they hated this person. And they were just, <laughs> she's going to go on there and she's going to make a fool of herself. She must have, they must have hated this person to do that. Telling her that, I mean, you know, it's one thing to encourage someone. Well, this is where you're at right now, but you can get better. You have, you have the, the, the raw ability to get better. Nothing wrong with that. But they've got to get better. I mean, that's fair. I can carry a tune as long as it's in a very small bucket and it's not too heavy. I could get better, but that's where I'm starting, folks. I'm not going to win any contests. No way. <laughs> And I know that. I think I have a, a reasonable self-image in that area. So that can go one of two ways. People can be built up unrealistically. They can be torn down unrealistically. But in any case, the self-image that develops from that is not an accurate picture of who they actually are. And we can suffer from this in the kingdom of God. We know who God has created us to be. We've heard it before. We know some of the Scriptures this, that we just read. He is a new creature. Praise God. He made me a new creature. Hallelujah. But we don't always feel like a new creature. We don't think like a new creature. Sometimes we don't even act like a new creature. I know who I am in the kingdom of God. I knew who God created me to be. But it sure doesn't always seem like that's who I really am. My self-image is different from who God says that I am. We have doubts. We have fears. I don't always do those things that please God. I don't always want to do those things that please God. Sometimes we fail. So who do we listen to then? Who lets me know who I really am? Who gets to tell me? Who gets to speak into my life and tell me the truth? This is who you actually are. Family and friends? Now, family and friends generally, again, exceptions to the rule, but generally they, they're looking out for your best interest. They love you. Unsaved family and friends, however, particularly when it comes to spiritual matters, they don't have a clue. So they think they're, they're helping you out, but they're not. How about the saints of the Most High God? Do we listen to them? Well, let me run through a couple scriptures here before we move any farther. 2 Timothy 
says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Every single Scripture in the book is inspired by God. Every single one of them are God-breathed. And every single one of them are profitable. Now, I would argue that in different seasons of my life, different situations I'm going through, some Scriptures may be more profitable than others in any given moment in my life. But they are all profitable. And they are all inspired by God. Second one, Romans 3.4 God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. I want to emphasize these two scriptures before we move forward uh, to reiterate in our minds this one thing. That Scripture is true all the time. It is true absolutely. I don't care what it contradicts. I don't care who it contradicts. The Bible is always true. If the Bible speaks something to me and everyone else is contradicting it, Folks, the Bible is true and every man a liar. I need us to understand that. If scientists tell me something is false in Scripture, Scripture is true and the scientist is wrong. As an aside, I do need us to understand that there is a difference between actual science and the religion of scientism. Science is always going to line up with Scripture. God's creation is always going to line up with God's Word. That just makes sense. Science observes observe a pattern, develop a hypothesis, test the hypothesis with, with uh, predictions. If it comes true, maybe you got something nailed down here. If it doesn't come true, well, I got it wrong. Let's look for something else. But scientism tells you something is true because the scientists tell you it's true. That's the difference. That's a philosophy. That's a religion. In any case, moving on. Uh, the Bible is always true. Absolutely, 100%. I don't care who says otherwise. I don't care if I say otherwise. It's true, and I'm wrong. If I contradict Scripture, Scripture is true, I'm wrong. Period. All right. I think we got that. <clears throat> if the doctors tell me something that contradicts Scripture, Scripture is true. And the doctor is wrong. The doctor is not God, folks. They have a lot of knowledge. I will grant them every bit of it. They've earned it. They studied a long time. But they're not God. We obey God. We can receive counsel from the doctor. But I obey God. Who are we in Christ then? Well, who does God tell us that we are? Because that's who we need to listen to, right? We need to listen to what God is telling us. Saints, saints, as long as they're in the book, that's probably good. Let the saints encourage you. Let your brothers and sisters encourage you and strengthen you. But if they contradict Scripture, if they get out of the book, disregard it. 
The book is right. Ministry. If ministry tells you something that contradicts Scripture, if ministry does or acts in a way that is contrary to Scripture, they're wrong. There are no popes in this church. No one's infallible here. God is infallible. God's Word is infallible. Amen. We certainly don't listen to the enemy. We certainly don't listen to the world. We certainly don't listen to my own heart. God forbid that we should start listening to any one of those. Do not follow your heart. Don't do that. It will lead you in weird areas. Away from God. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It will lie to you. Alright, who are we in Christ? I tried in vain to, to develop some kind of a format where I could give you some actual notes. Um, as you see, all you have are Scriptures. Um, we're just going to read through Scriptures and uh, comment as we see fit. Amen. Colossians 2.10 says, Ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. The first thing you are is complete. You're whole. You're made perfect in Jesus Christ. And you've got to receive that. You've got to accept that. Because that's what Scripture tells us. I don't feel complete. I don't feel whole. You don't have to. It's nice when you do. But you don't have to feel anything. You just have to accept it by faith. Obedient faith. That means we walk forward in that. That means I live and act as if this were true. That's what that means. I don't just sit down and say, yep, I acknowledge that that is true. It's a little bit more than that. We start walking forward in that knowledge. We incorporate that into our lives. Ephesians 2 and 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quick, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. We were dead. We were spiritually dead. And God made us alive again. That's what God does. He is the God of life. Death has no power over Him. It never has. It's impossible that it could. Because He is life. Everywhere He goes, every time He moves in a situation, He brings life. He brings restoration. Healing. Deliverance. That's who He is. That's what He does. He made us alive in Him. Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I love Romans 8. Romans 8 has all kinds of cool stuff in there. Check it out. We have been set free from the power and bondage of sin and death, where before I was held captive by sin. I was in bondage to the power of sin. I had no power to tell it no. I had no power to move away from it. I was a slave to it. But God set me free. And it's not like an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Rob Becker, and I'm an alcoholic. I've been alcohol-free for 12 months. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you were never an alcoholic. God completely delivers you from that. You're not an alcoholic anymore. It's as if you never touched the stuff. That's awesome. 
Only God can do that. When He sets you free, you are free indeed. You are free wholly and completely. And you need to believe that. You need to receive that tonight. You are absolutely free from the power of sin and death. You have been. When it comes knocking, get rid of it. Tell it no. Tell it you're busy. Tell it, I don't care what you tell it. Just don't, don't receive it. Get rid of it. Because you don't have to anymore. You don't have to anymore. You were delivered from that. You were set free. 